What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. And we welcome you to the second part of our wide receiver preview. And a happy Friday, everybody. Hope you enjoyed some preseason football last night. I know Traylon Burks did. He got a lot of run uh, in last night's game. Welcome to the show. Yesterday, we spoke a little more generally about the wide receiver position. And that uh, some strategies, different formats, those types of things. Today, we're going to look at average draft position from Cooper Cup all the way on down. And in fact, since the beginning of August, Justin Jefferson is the number one wide receiver, basically tied with Cooper Cup in NFC average draft position. So we'll talk about that. Happy Friday, Jamie and Heath. You guys uh, ready for the weekend? Yes. Preseason weekend? Yeah, man. Last night was fun. I get to hold my breath through uh, one quarter of Chiefs football because Andy Andy Reid wants to play as starters. So uh, we'll make sure that everything nothing happens to Patrick Mahomes. You're about to say Andy Dalton. You really were about to say Andy Dalton. You love Andy Dalton. <laughs> I I do. I've got an affinity for Andy Dalton. He's he's been underrated most of his career. I've got an Andy Dalton stat that's relevant to today's show. I've got a Baker Mayfield stat that's relevant to today's show. Okay, good because I don't I don't know why why. That's a weird segue. But Andy Dalton, we were talking about Amari Cooper and what he did with Andy Dalton as his quarterback. Can he do that with Jacoby Brissett? Well, Amari Cooper in 11 games without Dak Prescott in 2020 was on pace in 17 games for 82 catches, 1,066 yards, and six touchdowns on 116 targets. Not terrible. Worth drafting. Worth using. Over 1,000 yards. Not bad. Andy Dalton in those games, he actually missed two games, but in the nine games that he played, he was on pace for only 3,889 yards in 17 games. That is so not good. But 26 oh touchdowns. Oh my gosh, that would be Crushed. the most career yeah. of career years for I Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> Jacoby Brissett, his 17-game pace in 2017 and 2019 was about 3,500 yards. 
so even though that wasn't great for Dalton, that was so much better than anything Jacoby Brissett has done. And that is a weird way to start the show. All right, so I want to get right into it, guys, so we can talk about all the players we need to talk about. I want to give you guys some noteworthy stats about wide receivers, and you tell me uh, basically what you think about it. First of all, where are the top 12 wide receivers drafted? Most of them are drafted in the first six rounds. Last year was an exception. We had four wide receivers last year in full PPR, because that's Hunter Renfro and Jalen Waddle included, and they were they were only top 12 in full PPR, definitely Waddle. Um, four wide receivers drafted after round six that finished top 12. That's as many as the previous three seasons combined. So usually it's one, maybe two guys after round six in a 12-team league, so that's 72 picks, that finished top 12. Eh, fine, whatever. Um, offense matters. Of the 72 top 12 wide receivers in PPR over the last six seasons, right? So 12 per year for six seasons. Only 15% were on offenses that ranked 20th or lower in scoring. And we talked about this months ago. I've brought this stat up a lot, but we have new listeners now. So again, last six years, every top 12 receiver, I looked at them all. Where did their offense rank? That's 72 receivers over six years. Only 15% of them, 11 total, we're on offenses that rank 20th or lower in scoring. So, Heath, I would say that offense matters a lot more at wide receiver than it does at running back. And what do you make of that statistic? Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you're if you're in a bad offense, you better just absolutely dominate targets. Um, Mooney. Is, is what I would say. Mooney! <laughs> right? That's a, dark, that? that's a Darnell Mooney note, right? That is a Darnell Mooney. Although even Darnell Mooney last year wasn't particularly good on a per game basis, right? Um, anything else? Uh, you know, does it does it have you gravitate towards Allen Robinson and Mike Williams over Terry McLaurin, for example? Even though one's got one guy's a number one, and one those other guys. Yeah, are but I think you gotta extend that though a little bit, like. How 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 bad did the best player on like the Darnell Mooney finish last year? The Darnell Mooney's of the world, like you know, bad offenses that still had huge volume. Oh, he wasn't. I don't think he was a top thirty wide receiver per game. But you'd expect their offense to be better this year. Well, you're hope. Well, you'd hope it. You'd hope. You're hoping, and you'd hope for him to be better too. Uh, Darnell Mooney last year was. 23rd, uh, 24th overall, but 32nd per game in PPR, and very similar in non-PPR. Uh, he had 140 targets in 17 games. He only caught four touchdowns. Because um, I think it's just relative to like what your expectations are. Like I think the three you brought up are relevant because you know Williams, Sutton, and you say Williams, Sutton, and I said and, uh, I said Williams, Robinson, but yeah, Sutton, Sutton too. All right, Williams, Robinson, and, and McLaurin. Um, like I have Williams and Robinson ranked ahead of McLaurin. I don't know about you, Heath, but you know, in terms of my expectations, like I would love for all three of them to be top ten receivers. But I guess if I'm ranking them, who has the most likelihood to be top ten? It would I would probably go back and forth on this. But Robinson, Williams, and then McLaurin. Like I'm not expecting McLaurin to be a top ten receiver because I'm not drafting him close to that range. The other See, two guys I have are a harder. I have a harder time imagining Robinson being top ten if Cup doesn't get hurt. So can we just use top 12? Uh, I don't know if it makes a big difference, but that's sure. what I was referencing. But same. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's not easy to have two top 12 receivers on one team. But but this, that statistic that I gave would suggest that you you should favor the better offense. Well, that's one way to interpret it anyway. 
I, I would say like the better offense, if you're talking about a group of number one wide receivers, favor the better offense. If you're talking about a group of number two wide receivers on their own team, favor the better offense. I'd, I'm not sure I'm ready to say mm-hmm. that statistic says put the number two over the number one. Part of the appeal for Mike Williams for me is that I'm not 100% certain he's going to be the number two. Um. Oh, you think he could be the we, number one? You think he'd be the one, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't think it's really possible for Allen Robinson, probably. How about this stat? We get a top five wide receiver, a guy who finishes top five from the 39 through 50 range in ADP almost every season. 39 through 50, we get a guy there almost every year that finishes top five. Most of them are usually in their third, fourth, or fifth seasons. Um, so Cooper Cup was in that group last year. And you could be looking at a guy like Deontay Johnson this year. I think Terry McLaurin is in that, uh, in that range. Uh, DK Metcalf, Cortland Sutton, depending on the website. Allen Robinson is not in his third, fourth, or fifth year, but he's in that range. Marquise Brown, Gabriel Davis has crept up into that range. Brandon Cooks has crept up in that range. So anyway, 39 to 50, we get a top five wide receiver almost every year. Um, and then this one really surprised me. If you look at, I looked at uh, the last three seasons and every running back and every wide receiver drafted in rounds two and three in a 12-team league. And the running backs were much better values. I could not believe it, but 51% of the wide receivers that have been drafted in rounds two to three since 2019 have finished outside the top 24 at wide receiver. And only 28% of running backs drafted in that range have finished outside the top 24 at running back. And I will say that we've had a pretty similar amount of running backs and wide receivers. I think it was like one running back more or something like that. And you're deeper into the running back pool than you are at wide receiver. So this shocked me. Because you people think, oh, wide receiver is safer than running back. But in recent history in rounds two and three, wide receiver has been half of them in the last three years have been busts. Almost all of them have been injury busts. I will say that. Not a lot of performance busts there. But Jamie, what do you, what do you make of that? Uh, should that matter if we're trying to decide between a, a running back and a wide receiver in rounds two and three? Uh, because I, I thought it would be just the opposite of this. I'm just thinking of my rankings. And it's, it's a lot of, for me, bust candidates at wide receiver in round two. And even the guys that I that I like, I could see the flaws. But like you could see, for me, Devonte Adams just because of the potential target share. You could see Debo Samuel because of the lack of work in the run game and the quarterback change. You could see Tyree Kill with the quarterback change and, and just the change in offense. You could see maybe AJ Brown with the same thing. Um, you know, I know he's more of a round three guy, but if Heath is right and Mike Williams is better, Keenan Allen in round two, Mike Evans if. You know, maybe this Brady thing is worse or just all the mouths of it. I mean, you, you can start to nitpick all these guys. Now, the, the flip side of that, though, for the running backs is like Saquon Barkley's in round two. Leonard Fournette's in round two. You know, we're talking about potentially bad offense for the Giants and, and a 27-year-old running back in, in Fournette with, with what could be a worse offensive line. So you can sort of nitpick, I guess, all these guys. But uh, I would still lean toward the receivers in round two from a who has the most likely to succeed versus who has the more likelihood to bust. I still think those receivers are safer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Heath, I thought that the fact that there were so many injuries in those rounds from the wide receivers, and again, over the last two to three years, over the last three years in rounds two to three, 51% of the wide receivers drafted have finished outside the top 24 at the position, 
And, you know, some of them have been huge busts, but most of it injury. Um, and the running backs have performed a lot better, and that's really surprised me. Um, but, yeah, the injuries stood out. And also, I, uh, well, yeah, you know what? You react. You want to react to that? I don't think it's going to change the way that I rank players in rounds two through three. Most of my round three are wide receivers. I did want to go back to your wide receiver 39 through 50 because – I think you were predicting a top five wide receiver. I'm not sure you said DJ Moore, who is 44th by Fantasy Pros ADP. So there's yeah. my there's your top five wide receiver for this year. I didn't put him in there or Pittman because they are moving up. And in NFC ADP since August 1st, they're higher than that. But yes. It, I heard Michael Thomas is 27th overall. <laughs> Michael. Uh, that was funny. Who was that again? Mike F. Pittman. Who, uh, Mike Pittman. Michael Pittman. Right, right. Um, what's kind of funny about that little blunder yesterday was that I was also looking, and I did the same thing, but I just didn't say it out loud. Uh, and then I skipped Michael Thomas, went all the way down to Michael Gallup. So anyway. Um, all right. So let me promote uh, just a couple things here. we got great content on the website, so please check it out. Sleepers, Breakouts, Bus. We're also going to talk about that on the show next week. But go to cbsports.com slash fantasy and check out all of our football content. It's a really amazing thing. It's a mock drafts for just about every format. You're going to be so prepared for your draft. We've got a mailbag show that I'm recording uh, just after this, basically at 11 a.m. Eastern on Friday. It's going to air on the audio side on Saturday, but it'll catch you up on all the latest news and do some fantasy cops. And our CBS Sports Fantasy Football Commissioner product is amazing. It lets you run your league the way you want. Um, endless ways to customize your scoring, your rosters, your schedule, and more. You can play against multiple opponents in a week. Um, yeah, the scoring settings are are you know you can there's so many of them it's it's unbelievable. You can do a salary cap draft, you can do a snake, you can do keepers, you can do dynasty, great dynasty format now. Uh, custom flex, IR options, and now this year the pup list is eligible for IR, so that makes things nice and easy. We've got a great league history too. If you want to start your league on CBS, we we archive everything basically, and the, the league history is unlike anything else in the industry. So. Um, you know, so check it out. Go to fantasy foot, go to cbsports.com slash fantasy football and get a special offer when you start your league today. Did you guys have any preseason takeaways from the two games last night? Uh, it's tough to be a Trey Burks, uh, Traylon Burks guy right now. <laughs> I was, but I, what I was going to say was like, if you were just as you were a couple of days ago saying buy the dip on Traylon Burks, I hope somebody negatively reacts to that. Well, the dip's going to get a little bit bigger now. <laughs> It's gonna get even cheaper. I mean, he's got he's got a lot of a lot of proving to do. Unfortunately, man. I mean, not only did he play with the backups, not only did he play with the backups into the fourth quarter, they didn't even use him. <laughs> My favorite tweet from last night was someone said, "Is Traylon Burks doing cardio?" Because <laughs> he would just jog down the field and jog back, jog down the cool. field and jog back. So, is there any question that Robert Woods should be the first Titans receiver taken? No, not anymore. And I mean, should Robert Woods be moving up the ranking? Should he be, you know, a top I mean, eighty pick? right now? <laughs> <laughs> to what? Huh? To where? Not dramatically, but I mean, I don't want to say almost flip flopping them, but I'm pretty close to that. I I'm probably not going to move him up anymore because I'm too too far ahead on him as it is. Um, but I've got him at wide receiver thirty three, round seven. I, yeah, he's like he's like thirty eight for me. Yeah. Would you guys take Alan Lazard or Robert Woods? Uh, Lazard. I would take Robert Woods. Any other takeaways from last night's game? Games? 
one thing I, you know, I just got to say, Kadarius Tony got hurt again. Didn't play in the game. Got a minor injury, I guess, but he's always hurt. And he's had a pretty inconsistent camp. So I think people should be aware um, of that because his, his ADP is rising quite a bit, Kadarius Tony. I I don't know if Kenny Galladay is washed or Up. what's going on. But like the training camp videos we were seeing of the... I don't want to say it's a lack of effort. It looks like a lack of effort. It might just be that his body is not moving like he wants it to. Um, but he does not look like somebody who's going to play a significant role in an offense. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, made, a, he made a play last night. You're talking about the, the third down near the goal line. Dropped. Well, that, but just like every time he moves. Yeah, the, uh, the announcer called it a lazy route. And that's what it was. And he dropped the ball, but he just didn't really run through the route. Could have scored a touchdown. But I, I do think it's possible. Um, like, he moves like someone who's just super stiff. Um, it's possible that it's not a lack of effort, that he's just got some some health problems. Like, he just never fully recovered from something. Yeah, Schneier's talked about that a lot. He had pretty serious hip surgery a couple years ago. Tough thing he does to come not back look like from. somebody who has the type of flexibility that a regular NFL player has. All right, that'll do it for our preseason draft him. recap. That's that's uh, Kenny Galladay that we have been talking about here. Um, all right, noteworthy differences in ADP comparing fantasy pros. Oh, uh, one more thing, Mike Mike Davis. Just don't forget about him right now. It, it, this has nothing to do with J.K. Dobbins. This is more about Gus Edwards. The, the I think Mike Davis might be guess, Gus Edwards. Yeah, and and Davis clearly can can still give you something with your last pick. You know, no, no one that's going to be a league winner barring a J.K. Dobbins injury, but you brought this up, Heath. I think it was on um, our running back tiers uh, when Heath was, when Dave was talking about, I think, J.K. Dobbins and, and a featured role and what you said about Devontae Freeman. Yeah. They're going to use somebody if, if there's nobody there. It's, it's not like they're just going to say, okay, we're going to go you know, right. with, with this Lamar. And he seems to be the preferred guy. All right, now let's talk about ADP differences. You tell me, who do you side with? You side with the Fantasy Pros ADP or the NFC ADP? NFC being uh, more high-stakes leagues. And this ADP is from August 1st to August 11th, which was 86 drafts. Um, I did not update it this morning, but it's really not going to change much. But So today's the 12th. But All right, Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup are basically tied on NFC as wide receiver one. Jefferson slightly ahead. On Fantasy Pros, Cup is ahead of Justin Jefferson. Who do you guys take, number one, Jefferson or Cup? Cup. Jefferson, but I like the idea of basically tied. Michael Pittman is wide receiver 10, going 28th overall on NFC since August 1st. He is wide receiver 13, but going 41st overall, 13 picks later on Fantasy Pros. Should he be closer to 28th or or 41st? Michael Pittman. 28th. I've got him 30th, so... Okay. He's like 23 for me, I think. Ooh, whoa. DJ Moore is 35th since August 1st on NFC. That makes him wide receiver 14. He's wide receiver 17 on Fantasy Pros, but he's 45th. Should he be closer to 35th or 45th? DJ Moore. 35th. 25th. (laughs) Cortland Sutton, 40th on NFC since August 1st. And on Fantasy Pros, which, by the way, I don't know what the date range is. It's more vague. 68th on Fantasy Pros. Fantasy Pros aggregates a, di- a whole bunch of sites, so that's why we use it, but uh, don't know the date range, so it doesn't really account for the latest trends. Anyway, Corlin Sutton, should he be closer to 40th or 68th? 40th. 40th. I've got him uh, 47th. Where do you have him, Jamie? Cortland Sutton? 
in the 40s. Wide receiver like 17 right now. So That's right about where I have him. Okay. How about Jerry Judy, his teammate? On NFC, he's going 53rd since August 1st. Jerry Judy, wide receiver 26 there. He's actually wide receiver 23 on Fantasy Pros, but he's going 67th. So that means NFC is just more wide receiver heavy than Fantasy Pros. But uh, 53rd, should he be around 5 or around 6 pick, Jerry Judy, in a 12-team league? Round 6. Yeah, round 6. I've got him 63rd, so that's uh, just about right. That's interesting. I mean... um. Does he is he not set up for a huge season now with the Tim Patrick injury? He he is. I mean, absolutely. But I think for me, he's in the group of Mooney and Juju and uh, Bateman, Gabriel Davis. Uh, I have Metcalf in that group, so I I, I like all those guys. Alan, I have no problem around five. Allen Robinson. Okay. Allen Robinson, sorry. Allen Robinson is wide receiver 20 on NFC and wide receiver 29 on Fantasy Pros. It's almost a 30-pick difference. Round four in NFC for Allen Robinson. Again, wide receiver 20, and he's going 70th on Fantasy Pros, wide receiver 29. I know for sure you guys would take Allen Robinson closer to wide receiver 20, right? I mean... Uh, He's in the teens for me. (laughs) Yeah, he's uh, like 21 or 22 for me. I've got him at pick 50, so just outside of round four. Yeah, if you can get Allen Robinson at 70th overall, then you do it. <laughs> How about Gabriel Davis? He is 50th on NFC. That's wide receiver 23 since August 1st. And 79th on Fantasy Pros, wide receiver 33. Should Gabriel Davis be closer to wide receiver 23 and 50th overall or wide receiver 33 and 79th overall? Uh, 23 for me. We may have our, is this our first split? Um, yeah, I've got him 82nd, so I'm definitely closer to 79th. Okay, looking forward to talking about that. Let's do some ADP review. Let's get it going with Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase as round one picks, and Devontae Adams also. He's 11th. So that's four wide receivers in round one. I'm looking at Fantasy Pros, PPR, ADP, and that's what I've used every single year for this exercise. We anticipate it cha- uh, changing. But here it is. Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and Devontae Adams. Stefan Diggs just outside the top 12. He's 13th overall in Fantasy Pros ADP. Any beef with, uh, with the first 13 picks, basically, having five wide receivers, Heath? That's and I'm usually more wide receiver heavy. I feel like than ADP, but that's not the case for me. I've only got uh, four. I would not draft Adams in that range. Um, so I I think Jamie and I are on the same page on Adams, and we'd rather have Diggs in him, and we don't want to take Adams in the first. I don't really want to take Adams in the first fifteen picks. Uh, how how safe do you feel with Cup, Jefferson, and Chase as first round picks? Extremely safe. Yeah. I, I have zero fear about Cup and Jefferson in round one. Maybe like 5% fear about Chase. How do you justify... <laughs> justify is the wrong word. How do you... Ex- I feel attacked. No, not at all. <laughs> this has nothing to do with you. Uh, how do you explain Cooper Cup's season just being so much better than anything he had ever done? Uh, he was over 100 yards per game, 114.5 yards per game. The previous two years, he was at 70.8 and 72.6. Um, he also had, a, listen to this, Cup had a 31.5% target share. 
he had 35.7% of the catches, 40% of the yards, and 39% of the touchdowns. So he even outperformed his target share pretty dramatically. Uh, you know, how do you explain it at, what was he, 28 last year? So does it just, I'm not going to call it a red flag, but he, he didn't exactly follow the normal course of a breakout, Heath. So what is what do you, th- you know, I know you're going to say Stafford, but go ahead and say it anyway. <laughs> Cooper Cup. Well, no, I think at first I would say Sean McVay. Like, he does things that generate incredible performances. Like what we think of Jared Goff now, and you look at the the couple of years that Jared Goff have, and you remember Todd Gurley being 60 points better than any other running back, and you remember Tyler Higby month where he was the greatest tight end that ever existed. Um, like I think it starts with Sean McVay, and then you include the upgrade from Goff to Stafford, and then like some of it's just we should not expect that to happen again. There's a reason career years are career years. You're not as good in other years. So it's probably yeah. some regression coming. Well, yeah, I, I would agree with the regression part, but it's to what level. And that's, I think, how you have to view Cooper Cup is just how much is he going to come down. But, I mean, we, we mentioned a guy already that I think is a pretty good case study, and there's, there's certainly many more. Look at where Kenny Galladay is right now. I mean, obviously a lot of it is on him. But look where he went from. He went from Stafford to Daniel Jones. <laughs> you know? But, but Galladay was I'm good. Just, I'm, just, I'm joking. Stafford. I'm joking. There's yeah. no need to explain it. But Stephon Diggs goes to Josh Allen, and look what he becomes. Um, Peyton Manning goes to Denver, and look what Demarius Thomas and Eric Decker became. You know, it, it's, it's, it's not just as simple as you're getting a quarterback upgrade. He gave you, you know, a handful of, of, of scenarios here of why he got better. But it really could just be – it's, it's finally getting with someone who's going to understand. Like, it was just the perfect setup. The quarterback came in and grasped everything that Sean McVay threw at him. And then it was, okay, we went from an 8 with Jared Goff or a 7 with Jared Goff to a 10 with Matthew Stafford. And now all these things opened up in the offense. I mean, you know, you even go back to, like, you know, what happened to Robert Woods in Buffalo and Robert Woods with Sean McVay. You know, what happened to Odell Beckham the last couple of years in Cleveland? And then he goes to to the Rams, you know, it's, it's, it's just the, the whole thing coming together, the whole puzzle coming together. And so cup as, as Heath has pointed out uh, a few times, both you guys have pointed out, I think we all have um, where he was a couple of times in his career before, you know, some injuries or just some things happened, you know, start of the season, I think it was 2018, 2019 uh, where he got off to such a great start and then just didn't finish it. Mm-hmm. You know, it just all fell into place. And so, yes, he will not probably do anything close to this again because look he has a better running mate maybe than he's ever had and that's no disrespect to Robert Woods or, or Beckham but Robinson's you know had some good seasons clearly so you know if he goes from you know 439 as you see here on on, on the YouTube screen to you know 410 415 you're talking about, you're talking about fantasy points fantasy points yeah just to clarify what the 439 was it's projected yeah. fantasy points Oh, no, that's what he scored last year. Sorry, that's what he scored. Um, Yeah, Cooper Cup has now had three seasons in his last four where he's been top 10 per game in non-PPR, top 11 per game in half PPR, and top 15 per game in full PPR. He's had two top seven seasons. See, he had a pretty underrated career before this. I guess you mentioned Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs last year was the number 10 wide receiver per game. Pretty, you know, he wasn't a bust, but I think he was a little disappointing. Um, and Josh Allen had a worse season as a passer than he did in 2020 when Diggs, you know, had a, had a better year in fantasy. Uh, Diggs is exactly what concerns me with cup and it's our job to have some concerns, right? I, I, I would take cup number one at, at wide receiver. I'd probably take him 
fourth or fifth overall. But Diggs is what concerns me because there wasn't like a logical explanation for it. He just was worse. And that could happen a Cup. So, you know, it just makes me say, let's not overdraft him. But, you know what I mean? I, I, there's, I can't give it's, you a... No, it's, it's, it's just, it's a just He's just going to be worse. He's just going to be worse. Regression. It, it's, it's a fair point because the targets were almost identical for Diggs. Right. You know, it was one, 166 and 164. Allen was uh, worse. And, and that's why I just think the passing game will probably take a little bit of a step back, you know, because... Uh, well, the biggest concern, obviously, is Stafford's elbow, all right now. Sure, you know? right. You know, and I think I made this comparison on, on HQ yesterday. There, There's some comparisons you can draw between the first two running backs and the first two receivers. Taylor, young, ascending. Jefferson, young, ascending. They feel safer, right? Mm-hmm. Then, then Cup because of Stafford's situation and McCaffrey because of his injury situation. You know, so if you are a little bit concerned, there's certainly a great fallback option. You know, and so... It's easy to see Jefferson passing Cup this year because, as uh, you know, we're all well aware, the coach who was part of the staff is now the one calling plays. Staff for, for Cup is now calling plays for the Vikings. And Jefferson entering his third year, you know, you noted this, Adam, uh, for the guys in a, in a lower range. But, I mean, I've, I've done this every year. I've worked at this place. Third-year receivers, there's always guys that even at a peak level can take a next step. You know, it could be a touchdown, a career season touchdowns for – Jefferson yeah. on top of what he's done. You know, there, there, are, there are certainly ways for him to still get better. So um, if you are concerned about Cup, and clearly there, there is concern as we've seen the ADP get closer, then take Jefferson. It's it's one and one A for me. I have no problem taking Jefferson over Cup. Okay, so just to finish up round one, you guys are fine with people taking Jefferson over Cup, but what if they took Chase over Cup? No. <laughs> not, I'm not close to that yet. Stafford would have to be guaranteed to miss time. Okay. Uh, and where should Devontae Adams and Stefan Diggs be drafted if not in round one? When in round two? Round two. Yeah, but when in round two? I, I think Diggs early round two is fine. Early round I'm sorry, early round two is fine. Late round one. Um, Adams, I'm fine with him top 15. And PPR, uh, a little bit closer to 20 and non-PPR. Okay, so with... Oh, sorry, Heath. Did I cut you off there? No, it's good. Uh, but I, I have CeeDee Lamb ahead of Adams. How many wide receivers should be taken ahead of Travis Kelsey? Three. Two. Would you rather start your team off with Jamar Chase and DeAndre Swift or Joe Mixon and C.D. Lamb? Chase and Swift. Chase and Swift. Chase and Swift. <laughs> Does that change in different formats? Maybe you knock Swift down and half people. He said DJ Moore instead of Lamb. He might have said. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Uh, does that change in different formats? Like maybe Swift and non. Like we had a non PPR draft yesterday, and I, I didn't even want to take Swift. I, he went twenty third. I took just twenty second. Yeah, it doesn't change for me because I'm not as sure as everybody else is that Swift's value is the fact that he's going to catch eighty passes. Okay. All right. Uh, let's go to round two then. Round two of ADP at wide receiver is Diggs at thirteen, Debo Samuel seventeen, Lamb eighteen, Tyreek Hill twentieth. And that would be it. So it's uh, Diggs at 13, Debo at 17, Lamb 18, Tyreek Hill 20. So no Mike Evans, no Keenan Allen. This is in PPR. Uh, Jamie, your thoughts on this group? They're all too high for me. Um, I said, no, no. CeeDee Lamb is, is too low, but the other two are too high. Um, sorry, I, I sorry. Like them as- Time, hold on one second, because just to clarify here, because 
uh, what you're looking at on YouTube is three receivers. For the audio, I did say four receivers because Diggs is technically in round two. So he's so you can start with Diggs at 13, Debo at 17, Lamb 18, Tyreek Hill 20. Sorry, Jamie, go ahead. Uh, I'm expecting a huge season for CeeDee Lamb. So I, I put him ahead of this group. Not significantly, but but enough. Almost around. Um, I would put Adams behind Lamb, so he would be around two pick for me. And then Samuel and Tyreek Hill, I'm just uh, slightly concerned. Getting more concerned, getting less concerned about Tyreek. Um, because I think Mike McDaniel's offense will will help him still. More so than Tua, maybe. But I'm just worried about Debo. I, I just think that you know he's going to be a very good player. But if you just take away the, the rushing production to whatever degree, and then whatever he loses as a, as a receiver, especially if the other two guys stay healthy in terms of Kittle and Ayuk, I think he'll still be a top ten guy. But I don't know if he'll be a top five guy like he's being you know in the range that he's in. Yeah, I've I've got uh, Debo. I've got all these guys lower than where they are, but not by much. Debo's twenty one, Lamb's twenty, Tyreek's twenty four, um, but. Also, like this is, is this just Fantasy Pros ES um, PPR ADP? Yes. Okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm just a little bit behind on all these guys, but not too far off. I've got them all in round two. Um, there's definitely reason for concern with Debo, but of this group, I think he also has the most upside. Yeah, Tyree Kills played some games without Patrick Mahomes in 2017. He played a full season without Patrick Mahomes and. Patrick Mahomes, and he was good with Alex Smith, who had a nice year. Um, he was a top 10 wide receiver per game. Tyreek Hill was fifth in non-PPR, eighth in full PPR. That was 2017. Uh, since then, you've had a few games here or there. In 2019, he had six catches for 76 yards. He had six catches for 140 and a touchdown. Um, and then he had 74 yards and a touchdown in the Denver game in 2019 when Mahomes left with an injury. So he's been good. Uh, he hasn't been elite, but he's been very good. Here, you know, here's what I want to do with this group. I want to look at rounds two and three, and I think you've got, if we throw Debo Samuel in with the established group, I think you've got the establishment versus the up-and-comers, right? So I'm not going to make any case for Devontae Adams, Diggs, or, or Lamb to go behind the others uh, for the most Lamb part. Lamb would be an up-and-comer, wouldn't he? Yes. That does complicate things. <laughs> If we get past <laughs> if we get past CD Lamb, and we look at this group, because I because you know why? Because I I'm pretty confident I know where CD Lamb's going to get drafted. I I don't think he's making it past mid round two in most picks. I don't think he's getting out of round in most leagues. I don't think he's getting out of round two out of the top twenty four in hardly any leagues, right? But I think you've got a group here of players that that I could see more disagreement on, and that would be Debo Samuel, Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, and Keenan Allen. Let's call them the the establishment. Debo Samuel, Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen. And then let's compare them to the up-and-comers. A.J. Brown. <laughs> Why would he be in a different tier than different group than Debo Samuel? But just bear with me. A.J. Brown, Michael Pittman, T. Higgins, and D.J. Moore. All right, so let's get four on four, right? It's Debo Samuel, Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen versus A.J. Brown, D.J. Moore, Michael Pittman, and T. Higgins. Um, how do you see that four on four game going? Heath, who wins? I'm 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 picturing like the fight in Anchorman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no touching of the hair and face. Or whatever they Or say. like Avengers Civil War. Yeah, I don't know exactly what to make of the way that you've uh, framed this, but 
I would say that my favorite from the group is DJ Moore. My least favorite from the group is T. Higgins. The established guys are kind of in the middle. But the established guys are, are going earlier. So would you rather... So I'm not drafting the established guys. Yeah, would you rather spend a, a round two pick on Debo, Tyreek Hill, maybe Mike Evans? I see his ADP is round three, but he and Keenan Allen and PPR could easily be in round two. Or would you rather spend a round three pick on the A.J. Brown, D.J. Moore, uh, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman group? I'd rather draft Moore and Pittman. How about you, Jamie? I mean, you tell me I get Lamb, Moore, and Pittman. I'll take that all day long. But are you going to pass up Mike Evans for DJ Moore? I think, again, you know, this is where you have to know who you're drafting with. Because I know when I'm drafting with Heath, I'm not getting Mark Andrews. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I, I know certain things. I was very surprised in our pick-by-pick. And as we reviewed it uh, yesterday or, or, or two days ago, um, he would not take David Montgomery over DJ Moore again. You know, so I was pleasantly surprised to get DJ Moore in round three. So there, there are certain things you have to know who you're drafting with. Right, but if I don't know who going. I'm drafting with, you know, I, how can I, can if I just... If you don't know who you're drafting yeah. with, then I think you have to rely on ADP a little bit because uh-huh. you have to think that people are going based on what the averages are or the site that you play on because of what the rank list may look like. And what? so there are certain things that factor into play. So if you're just thinking, okay, I'm going to be... Like, I know when I'm drafting with an analyst. So I was in the flex draft last week. There are certain guys that I was targeting. I was targeting Michael Pittman because I know the industry, forget about the, 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 the regular fantasy player, I know the industry is higher on Michael Pittman. So I didn't think I could wait to get him, so I took him in round three. His ADP is round four. Yeah. I, okay, what do, you, what do you want to come away with in your, if you're going to take wide receivers in round two and three? I mean, should you mix up a little bit of safety and some upside, some unproven upside? Or should you just just take I'd your like two favorites? who could be top five. But, you, you know, you keep saying unproven upside. Michael Pittman's coming off a pretty solid sophomore season. DJ Moore's had a very solid career. He just hasn't scored touchdowns. He's getting a quarterback upgrade. You know, it's not like these guys have not done – you know, we're not talking about Drake London. Uh, all right. I said unproven upside, You're right, but just for lack of a better term, I guess. But, but to be fair, those guys have not done anything like what Tyreek Hill and Mike Evans and Keenan Allen have done. They have not even finished as top sure, 20 per-game receivers. Or maybe but DJ I'm, Moore I'm just trying to make this point. Like, there, there's, there's, you're saying we're, we're taking chances or, or we're putting it out there that taking chances. Like, we kind of know what we're getting with these guys. Well, you know, it's, it, you're drafting them to do something they've never done before. True. Which is fine, which Definitely. you should do. I mean, that's how fantasy football works. But Mike Evans and Keenan Allen and Tyreek Hill and Debo Samuel have done it before. A.J. Brown, on a per-game basis, has done it before, but he's also a guy who almost half the time he's under 60 yards. Not quite that much, but he's an inconsistent player going to a run-heavy offense, uh, which, of course, he's been on before. Um, you know, Michael Pittman and D.J. Moore, we're thinking they're going to have their best seasons ever, but they've never been as good as Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, Debo Samuel, and Tyreek Hill. So, you know, do you mix and match there and, and, and take the established veteran and, and the breakout candidate, or do you just not care about that and you just take your two favorite players? I just take my favorite players. Yeah, right. it, but I, I think it also goes back to, you know, and, and ADP reflects that, is I think most people were going to gravitate toward Tyree Kill and Mike Evans and, I don't know, A.J. Brown because he's not maybe as household but you tend to gravitate toward what you know. And so if somebody sees a rank list or an ADP list or whatever they're looking at, unless someone has, you know, like Heath has sunk Gabriel Davis, for example, by comparison, 
You know, so if they trust Heath, they're going to probably say, okay, I'm going to avoid Gabriel Davis. But if you're looking at like an ADP list and you see Tyreek Hill is is seventh or eighth, whatever he's listed at, 10th, and you're at that point at the turn or maybe late round two, and it's Tyreek Hill and A.J. Brown or Tyreek Hill and Michael Pittman for me, okay, I'm, I don't, I don't want to trust the Colts receiver. Why would I take the Colts receiver? Wait, what has he done? Mm-hmm. Uh, so how do you rank how do you rank Tyreek Hill, AJ Brown, Michael Pittman? In PPR, Pittman is ahead of them. AJ Brown, who? Tyreek Hill and Michael Pittman. AJ he's a receiver for the Eagles. <laughs> Hill, Pittman, Brown. But that's not important right now. I go Pittman, Hill, Brown. Wow. I, you guys have a lot of faith in Michael Pittman. He look, I like him too, but to take him over those guys is a big leap. I said Hill, Pittman, Brown. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Um, okay. And and where's Debo Samuel? Uh, ahead of AJ Brown, behind Tyreek Hill. Behind CD Lamb, ahead of Tyreek Hill. And ahead of Michael Pittman. Yes. Pittman's ahead of him for me. Wow. Man, <laughs> you really like him. So basically, Heath, Jamie is to Michael Pittman as Heath is to DJ. Moore. It seems that way, yeah. Yeah, I don't have him ranked as high, but. But yeah. You know, it's funny, like, we, we sit here and say this, and imagine a year ago, somebody saying, man, Debo Samuel over all these guys. You know, it's like, you have to yeah. you have to sort of take chances on certain guys in situations. Yeah, the Michael Pittman love on this podcast reminds me of Calvin Ridley two years ago, where he was a, a fourth-round pick, and we just kept saying, breakout, breakout, breakout. And it was like, well, I can't justify taking Calvin Ridley over this guy. Can I really take him over this guy? He might be getting too high. I'm like, no, take him. He ended up being wide receiver five or six. I just don't know that Michael Pittman, even though he's got the same quarterback, it really has. I don't know that he's the same player. I was a little discouraged by his lack of big plays last year. But look, I don't want to judge him on his second year in the league. This is when he's third year in. Let's see if he can start making some more big plays, score more touchdowns. He's got a terrific opportunity and super safe. You know he's going to get a ton of targets. I will will say format matters for me in this because I have all the guys we listed ahead of Pittman in non-PPR. Okay. All right. I we think are format maybe matters for Debo as much as it does for anybody. I, I could understand an argument for Debo as an early second round pick in non PPR. Yes, he is a second round pick for me in non PPR. He is he is the highest of the guys that we've listed in we non PPR. We can't get into everything today, but if you want to listen to our Everyone is a Bust episodes, we tell you what concerns us about Debo Samuel. To sum it up, he most of his receiving production, his great receiving production, was early in the year when, one, Ayuk was in the doghouse, and two, Kittle was hurt. And then, of course, you have the Trey Lance factor. He's going to throw fewer touchdowns. He's going to throw for fewer yards. He's going to run more in. So that does concern us about him. It's why we, if you want to see our drafts, Debo's closer to a third-round pick. All right, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, we are going to go faster because we're already 42 minutes in. But uh, we have a lot more players to talk about here. We'll get into round three, round four. Great, great opportunities here to draft league-winning wide receivers. It happens all the time in rounds three, four, five, and even six. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, round three ADP is uh, some of the guys we've already talked about, so we can probably skip a lot of it. But A.J. Brown, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, uh, then we go into round four. Uh, A.J. Brown, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, all of them you can find with there in round three, even earlier in some cases. But, all those guys yeah. in round three for me. Okay. So round four is... Uh, I Actually, Pittman is a round four pick right now in Fantasy Pros, but round three in NFC. But Pittman, Jalen Waddle, Interesting group here. Jalen Waddle, Tell me, as I say a name, your interest level in drafting him in round four in a 12-team league, which is 39 to 48 in picks. Jalen Waddle. Not in round four for me. Three. No, um, you can't do a meter here. There's too many numbers being thrown around. There's no meter. Okay. Uh, well, because I've got him in round four, but at the end of round four, I'm probably <laughs> not going to draft him in round four. But if somebody took my first 45 players in order and I had the 46th pick, I would take him in round four. <laughs> All right, that's Jalen Waddle. Uh, Deontay Johnson. Uh, not in round four. Almost exactly the same way I feel about Jalen Waddle. So however you want to quantify that without putting a number on it. How about Terry McLaurin? Yep. They're back to back yeah, to back. late round four. DJ Moore. round two for Heath (laughs) round three round three for Jamie seriously round two for Heath we love DJ Moore DK Metcalf who do you like better Adam Pittman or Moore I like (laughs) I think I like DJ Moore better Uh, but I think Pittman's probably a little safer Have I told you how much I value your opinion, Adam? <laughs> I think you do. Mind. I think you value it more than you realize. I think sometimes I make you go, "Oh, interesting." Yeah, uh, they're very. They're, I'd love to have either of them in round late round three if I can get them. But that's more um, I don't want to take DK Metcalf in round five, so not in round four for sure. Yeah, not in round four. All right, so I just gave you Waddle, Deontay, McLaurin, Moore, and Metcalf, and the only one that you guys really wanted to draft in round four, or at least at the beginning portion of round four, was DJ Moore. And he goes earlier than that for you guys. So who do you draft in round four, if not them? Um, Mike Williams and Cortland Sutton. I was going to say, there are three wide receivers you've not mentioned yet who I have around ahead of those guys. So Yeah, Brandon almost. Cooks. Yeah, so who are they? Brandon Cooks, Chris Godwin, and Mike Williams. But not Cortland yeah. Sutton for you? I've got Cortland Sutton in round four. Oh, okay, okay. I don't, I don't have him quite as high as those guys. Uh, for me, it is... Uh, Michael Thomas, Allen Robinson, Cooks, Williams, Sutton, and Godwin. All right, yeah, and, and this is really important here. Feel free to, to stray from ADP when you get to this range because I think rounds four through six, It's a I say it all the time, it's a great round historically for receivers. You get a lot of good players here, but the ADP within this round doesn't really, within this range, rounds four through six, doesn't really matter that much. You got a lot of guys who are similar, have similar upside. Take your guy. Unfortunately, last year, we liked Robert Woods better than Cooper Cup. Is that true for everyone? I know it's true for me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And and they were in this range, and if you took Cooper Cup ahead of Robert Woods, you were smart. Heath, what were you going to say? No, I was trying to remember. That's probably true. Yeah, we loved Robert Woods. Uh, we got that one wrong, but that's okay. We, we loved uh, 
a lot of players that that were right in that range. But anyway, ADP on Fantasy Pros has Pittman, who we love, Waddle, Deontay, McLaurin, DJ Moore, and DK Metcalf. We're saying instead of Deontay, Waddle, McLaurin, and Metcalf, you should consider Cooks, Sutton, Mike Williams, Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, and Cortland Sutton in some order. Which brings us to round five, which I guess would be the best round in fantasy football history, according to Fantasy Pros, because it is <laughs> Mike Williams, Brandon Cooks, Chris Godwin. <laughs> and not Cortland Sutton, though, but Mike Williams, Brandon Cooks, and Chris Godwin. Uh, Jamie, what do we expect from, from Chris Godwin? If healthy, a potential top 10 wide receiver, with the caveat being that he's still going to be the target leader for the team. This is an extremely talented receiving core. Julio Jones and Russell Gates stay healthy. The only reason I put Gage in there is because he's banged up. But obviously Julio's had a hard time staying healthy the last couple of seasons. But my goodness, you know what Chris Godwin has meant to Tom Brady. You know what the slot receiver has been in this offense. And so if he's right, and clearly he's trending in the right direction, you're getting a steal if you get him in round five, potentially. I mean, you know, Adam, you were certainly the, the biggest Chris Godwin guy here, and you were making a case for him back in, you know, March pre-NFL draft, the drafts that we did, take him in round two. If he's right, he's going to be a top, I think you kept saying top seven wide receiver. Yeah, I'll tell you the um, stat that that convinced me is what he did in week seven through 14 without Antonio Brown. A little bit of Rob Gronkowski, Gronk played four games. Uh, Godwin was on pace for 180 targets and 141 catches. Like just bonkers numbers that I wouldn't expect him to repeat, but I could see him being around 10 targets per game. But then Julio Jones, I have... Decent expectations for him, so I, I think that lowers it. But basically, Chris, a, a healthy Chris Godwin without Antonio Brown on the field is a target hog, a PPR machine, a borderline round one pick. And he's been, by the way, he was wide receiver two in fantasy in 2019. Um, so he's got the pedigree. Uh, he was better per game than Evans last year as well. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you one other thing. Antonio Brown, Jacob Gibbs pointed this out. Antonio Brown, on a per-route basis, was one of the best receivers in football last year. Uh, Julio has not been quite that good. And and Antonio Brown is, like, a lot to replace. So, you know, it's a a huge opportunity for the remaining Bucs wide receivers, basically, is the the point. Um, Anything else to say? We should talk about Mike Williams, Heath. You're not as concerned about Mike Williams as Dave and I are, for example, but... Why, why are you comfortable with him in round four? Why are you concerned about him? I'm concerned about his inconsistencies and his ADOT. I think it matters for a player like him. If he's going to be more of a downfield threat, he's going to be up and down. In the beginning of the year, the first five year, games of the season, he was the number two wide receiver in fantasy, Mike Williams, and it coincided with a much lower ADOT, which was unusual for him. The rest of the season... He was outside the top 40. And I know that there were better... He was inconsistent. And his ADOT was higher. So I want to see a profile of Mike Williams. But what was the quote? That he was going to play the Michael Thomas role, right? Going into the year? Because they, they were bringing in the Saints coach. Uh, Saints I coach. believe he did that the first most of the first five weeks right. and a big portion of the second half of the season. I, I, I get so irritated that. when you say he was outside the top 40 after week five. He was. That's because, the truth. <laughs> because on a per-game basis, he was wide receiver 19 from week 10 through 18. Yeah, but you're forgetting about... He hurt the, the, his knee week five, 
played through it. They said he wasn't right. Uh huh. It could be it. Four weeks later, after just an absolute abomination of a month, he was a, n- a number two wide receiver for the rest of the year. Yeah, and he had five games in his last. Oh, sorry, he had uh, four games in his last six with sixty-three or fewer yards, and two massive games with over a hundred yards. And that's the. I just feel like he's going to be a little frustrating if he's still the downfield guy. That's that's my point, and I think fantasy managers will be a little annoyed by it. At the same time, he had one of the worst uh, green zone conversion rates in the NFL. He probably could have had a 13-touchdown season if he had just caught the ball more. So I see, a, I, I do see a lot to like about him. But you guys really like Mike Williams, right? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think you said it. You know, I think the touchdowns will certainly matter, and I think he'll catch more of those opportunities. But they, they, the contract that they gave him, I think, speaks to what they think of him. The quarterback that he's attached to is certainly fantastic. And he's he's proven, you know, you know, with the the big season and catching the ball yardage wise, he's proven it with a 10 touchdown season, you know, and he was on on his way last year to just being an absolute monster. Yeah. So, you know, you see the heights. I don't know. It's it's I, I do struggle honestly with Williams and Sutton because I'm expecting Sutton to be the DK Metcalf to Russell Wilson or Russell Wilson. Yeah. Um, so I really struggle with those two guys, but it's, it's hard to overlook that Williams has already done it. And I like his quarterback better. So they're back to back for me, but I would give Williams the edge. Okay. Williams got a bigger contract than Deontay Johnson, right? Deontay got I mean, a, I don't know about three year per deal, year, right? but three year deal for Williams, two year deal for Deontay. So a two year deal, right? Okay. Um, so we like the wide receivers there in round five. And, and I think like the, the last thing I would say is like, we like Mike Williams. The more important thing to me is that the Chargers, Justin Herbert, that <laughs> they like Mike Williams, obviously. And the Eckler most- said that with us on, on HQ. Yeah. Uh, we had Austin Eckler on CBS Sports HQ. And, you know, I was asking him about, you know, both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. And he was just raving about Mike Williams. Understandably so, it's his teammate, but, you know, just so thrilled that they got paid based on what he's done. All right, uh, round six is Amari Cooper, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. As I mentioned earlier, Sutton and Judy are are on the rise and may not really be available in round six, but Cooper, Judy, Sutton, Marquise Brown, and Amonra St. Brown. And this is actually a, a wide receiver round, about eight of them. So let's take a look. I'll, I'll say it. I'll start over. Amari Cooper. Oh. Are you doing the do we want to draft? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah let's do, do that. Amari Cooper. This is round six, right? Yeah. Okay. Amari Cooper, no chance, right? No, 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 <laughs> no. Jerry, Judy, Cortland, Sutton. Um, I, I think, though, because I thought about this last night, there was the little Jimmy G, maybe Cleveland. If Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback, Amari Cooper round six, you good with that, Jamie? Yes. I think so, too. But not much higher, though. Like, I, he wouldn't no. be in, in, in what he – he wouldn't be in the range he would be if Deshaun Watson, no issues. All right, how about Judy and Sutton in round six? Sutton, I know for sure you guys would take earlier. What about Judy? Judy round, I mean, I have Judy, I think, right, like 60. So run on the borderline in round four, run run five and round six. I've got him 63rd, so really like him in round six. And I'm sorry, Heath, to speak for you, but you would take Sutton before round six, right? Oh, yeah, I'd take Sutton in round four. Okay, okay. I got a little confused there. Marquise Brown. Uh, deal. I, like fine here. I take him in round five, but perfectly fine. Oh, all right. Yeah. We like Marquise Brown. How about Amonra St. Brown? 
<laughs> I acted as if Marquise Brown and Amadra St. Brown have the same last name, but they definitely do not. Uh, Amadra St. Brown. <laughs> I like him in round seven. I, I like him in round seven too, but I'm okay if somebody takes him here. It's the way he goes earlier than this that drives me nuts. Okay. It, and I think it, like, because there was the report that came out yesterday that Jamison Williams is definitely going to miss week one. Yes. Um, which we expect, but the difference will be, does what Jamison Williams start on the pup? If he doesn't, then I probably don't even like St. Brown in round seven, but if he does, then I'm good with this range. Okay. Darnell Mooney round six. Perfectly fine with it. I would take him in round five, but I'd take him in round five. So you take Mooney ahead of Amandra St. Brown. Would you take Mooney ahead of Jerry Judy or Marquise Brown? Not Marquise, but Judy, yes. I've got him one spot ahead of Marquise and one round ahead of Judy. I, I'm, I have my rank. I'm looking at it right now. Marquise Brown, Darnell Mooney, Juju, Davis, Bateman, Judy. Okay. Cor- uh, sorry, not Cortland Sutton. Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen in round six. Sure. Yeah. He's right where he belongs. Said it last year. Didn't exactly come to fruition because he was really good per game. Felt like he had more bust potential than almost any. I think we said like he's one of the most likely players drafted in his range last year to be dropped. Uh, there are a ton of warnings. I mean, to sum up Adam, Adam Thielen, pretty much all he does is catch touchdowns. <laughs> Dave, Dave made a, a little slip on HQ. It was like uh, last week, I think. And he said, we were talking about different formats, I think. And he said... Um, you know, the high-volume pass-catching guys like Hunter Renfro and Adam Thielen. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, that's not him. <laughs> he just made a mistake, um, but it was just funny. I was like, what? <laughs> but he, I don't know if that's, like, he had some weird games. But you can't like, think if of he him did like what that, he though. did last year in round six, I'm good with it. Actually, to, to be fair to Dave, if you take away the last two games of the year for Thielen, where he left both early with injury, before that, he was on pace for 97 catches. A thousand. But you don't think of him like no, that. No, you don't though. think of him like that, but he was he was uh, crushing it. He was the number 15 per game wide receiver, and that was with really limping to the finish line with two games where he played 8% of the snaps and 37% of the snaps. He would have been a top 10 wide receiver if he just had, you know, if he just had his healthy game pace. So he keeps crushing expectations, but so much of it is touchdowns. But uh, he's going at the end of round six. So he's going right before Allen Robinson, who's late in round six. And I know you guys think that's way too late for Allen Robinson. He's a round four pick for you guys. Um, So would you take Adam Thielen or Jerry Judy? I would take uh, Judy. I've got Thielen just a couple spots higher. Taking a look at round seven now in average draft position. After Adam Thielen and Allen Robinson at the end of round six, we've got... DeAndre Hopkins, who is suspended for six games. Michael Thomas, and you know, it's hard to even know what to make of it, but uh, he, he actually, Michael Thomas, I'm going to say, all right, what's, what's a prediction for where Michael Thomas will end up? Round in a 12-team league round? Four. Five. All right, Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Hunter Renfro. There was a report, I think, yesterday that he's been their best player in camp. Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. Yes. Yeah, people are just not buying into it. I kind of get it. He has not caught a touchdown in two seasons. 
He's been an injured mess for two straight seasons. Totally. And the older com- new quarterback. I, I always said, uh, I can't really think of a comparison for him, but then people say, what about AJ green? And that is a pretty damn good comparison. And it's a terrifying one. AJ green was an elite receiver. Even in that age 30 season, he had, you know, he averaged 77 yards per game, which is outstanding, but he played nine games, missed the entire 2019 season, came back in 2020 and 2021, and hasn't even, has been a shell of himself. And that's A.J. Green, who was a, an elite receiver. Difference is, he was a little older than Michael Thomas. He, when he came back from those injuries, he was 32. Michael Thomas is 29, I believe, or maybe 30. I think he's 29. Uh, but that is a little scary. So, uh, Jamie, are you at all afraid that we're drinking a little bit too much Michael Thomas Kool-Aid and we could overdraft him? Uh, yes, overdraft him for sure because of the training camp reports, the way that he looks, uh, and what his past history is. But I think by overdrafting him, you're taking him in round three. Now, I'm comfortable doing that, but I don't think most people are. I think if you're drafting him in round four, which is where I think he's going to end up climbing to, I don't mind that. Obviously, you get him later than that, it's perfect. But he's going to, uh, by the time we get to August, he's going to leap ahead of this by a lot. Or, I'm sorry, by the late August, excuse me. Okay. So how about Michael Thomas versus Allen Robinson? I like Thomas better in PPR, Robinson, and non-PPR. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, more ADP from this round, round seven. And, and I had said uh, on yesterday's show, round seven... You don't get you don't barely get any top twelve receivers at this point, but you're starting to see some more top twenty four receivers. Last two years have been pretty good, round seven through nine. So the list is Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Hunter Renfro, Gabriel Davis, Juju Smith Schuster. That's round seven. Heath, what you're the low guy on Gabriel Davis. Are you okay with him in this range with Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Hunter Renfro, uh, and Juju? I have. I'm, I have him in the same, well, I see Elijah Moore in the graphic. That's why I'm in the same range as Elijah Moore, well behind Thomas and Juju and a full round, at least ahead of DeAndre Hopkins. I'm, I'm pretty much out on Hopkins. Um, so I think, I think Gabriel Davis fits really well for me in that Elijah Moore, um, Drake London used to be Traylon Burks, may still be Traylon Burks. Like Amon Ross St. Brown, that range of young wide receivers who who could pop, but there's a pretty low floor. By the way, as we look at this group, Hopkins being different, you gotta you know you gotta ask yourself how you feel about him. But get, give me a wide receiver to pair with Hopkins, real quick. Rondell Moore to, to get you through. Yeah. Um, Marquise Brown. Um, yeah, that's a good one. To get you through Hopkins the first six weeks of the season. What do you think about Rondo Moore? Robert Woods, okay. Jalen Tolbert. Oh, okay. All right. That could be a good one. Um, Maybe Lazard. Yeah, we haven't called this. So one of the young guys steps up. All right, that's fine. So when you look at this group here of Michael Thomas, Hunter Renfro, Gabriel Davis, Juju Smith-Schuster, Elijah Moore, who's right on the border of round seven and eight, are these uh, starters for you guys? Or are they bench players? Juju Smith-Schuster, Gabe Davis, et cetera. Thomas and Juju are starters. 
I think as I, I Thomas for sure is a starter. Um, I, I think I said this yesterday that depending on the build that I have, my roster construction, if I do go a little bit more toward running backs and then get a quarterback or tight end early and only one wide receiver, which is not what I usually do, um, I would be perfectly fine with these guys as a number two, but I got to really hit home runs at the other spots. Anybody take Hunter Renfro in this range or wait a little longer? Wait longer. This is not far from where I have. I've got Renfro the next round. So, yeah. All right, round eight, Elijah Moore kicks it off. Devontae Smith, Tyler Lockett, Rashad Bateman. Um, That's a steal. My yeah. God. <laughs> Love Bateman there. Bateman or Elijah Moore? Bateman. Bateman. How do you feel about Devontae Smith, Elijah Moore, and Tyler Lockett? Uh, getting a little bit more concerned with Devontae because of the scoring injury. Uh, Lockett, too soon for me by round. And who's the other one you said? Elijah Moore? Uh-huh. Uh, he's my favorite of that group. Uh, yeah, he's my favorite of that group. This is right where I would put Elijah and Lockett. I agree with Jamie. Like I have Devonta Smith technically like the last pick of round eight, but I don't feel good about it at all. Yeah, I think Bateman really stands out just based on what I know from you guys. You guys love him here, as you said. Another guy that we haven't said yet who in our drafts goes a lot earlier is Alan Lazard. We have a split on that, though. Jamie's higher on Lazard than Heath. But just to give all of you listeners some names that if you were drafting with us, they'd be coming off the board around here or, or even earlier. Rashad Bateman would be one of them. Alan Lazard would definitely be one of them. Um Maybe I'm not nah, probably not Russell Gage now that Julio's there. And, I would take Garrett Wilson in this range, but I'm the only one. Okay. So all right. So let's keep going then to round nine. Drake London. Brandon Ayuk. Terrific finish to the season for Brandon Ayuk. Robert Woods. Yeah, more, is, more excited about him. This is a good round. Drake London, Brandon Ayuk, Robert Woods, Christian Kirk. I would love any of these guys to be my fourth receiver. How do you feel about that? Drake London, Ayuk, Robert Woods, Christian Kirk. Totally agree. You know, I think if you, you know, go with three receivers early and then you start to, you know, build your running back depth, quarterback, tight end, and you want to say, okay, I, I can still get a good wide receiver as a flex, any one of these guys qualify. That's, um, yeah, like Woods and London specifically really love in this range. How about round 10? Chase Claypool, Traylon Burks, Alan Lazard, Chris Olave, and Russell Gage. Claypool, Traylon Burks, Lazard, Olave, Russell Gage. Lazard is well ahead of this group for me. I don't really even like drafting Lazard, but this is like two to three rounds later than he should be going. So, Heath, do you like any of the previous round ahead of Lazard? Uh, London, Ayuk, Robert Woods, Christian Kirk. I have Woods and London ahead of him, yes. What about you, Jamie? What is your, what is your trepidation with Lazard? I just, I, I am always, it's the same thing it is with Gabriel Davis. Like the, the lack of anything showing an ability to command a target share that would justify starting him in fantasy. So you would take Garrett Wilson over him? I have Garrett Wilson and Lazard back to back. So yeah, I would. I'm I'm mostly gravitating, not entirely, but mostly gravitating towards the younger wide receivers at this point in the draft. I think when, when we see that you would guys take the rookie become, with Zach Wilson 
over What's the that? potential number one guy with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I don't. I don't that's that's the other way to look at it. But I I think, and I Adam maybe even can look at this, but I think most of the guys that emerge after round six or after round seven are generally younger guys and not veterans. Mm. Um, round uh, yeah, you know what? I can look at the round seven through nine success stories. Last year, one was one of them was Brandon Cooks. Um, let's see. Well, Brandon Cooks is just always. Can you get a top twenty-four wide receiver in round seven through nine? Here are the guys who have come out of round seven through nine the last two seasons and have finished top twenty-four. You want overall or per game? I think I'd prefer per game. Okay, I have both. Uh, Brandon Cooks and Deontay Johnson in twenty twenty were top twenty-four per game. Um, and top twenty-four overall were Cooks, Johnson, Ceedee Lamb, and Marvin Jones. In twenty twenty-one, the per game standouts in this range round seven through nine were antonio brown jamar chase debo samuel jalen waddle and brandon cooks <laughs> brandon cooks i mean brandon cooks is just the constant yeah a lot of young guys there antonio brown jamar chase not young jamar chase debo samuel jalen waddle so yeah in that sense uh that yeah that is true but but brandon cooks is a noteworthy exception and Lazard just has a different opportunity than he's ever had before. I, I really think yeah. he's going to lead the team in touchdown catches. L- Lazard is the kind of guy who I'm probably going to miss on when they hit. Okay. Just because he's enough. a veteran who hasn't ever done anything. Okay. So then after this range, let's take a look at just some more wide receivers. After pick 100, you tell me if you like them. We're going to end this show here. Um I I already mentioned him previously, but Chase Claypool. Do you ever draft Chase Claypool? Uh yes. <laughs> but he's he's look, if if Trubisky is better than what Roethlisberger has been, all these Steelers guys are gonna be fun though. Uh how, I w- sorry. I'm I will be moving George Pickens ahead of Claypool tomorrow. I had him back to back after last week. Um but I like two guys you haven't mentioned yet. Kadarius Tony and Nico Collins, I would take over Chase Claypool. Kadarius Tony is 120th or so on it on Fantasy Pros. Since August 1st on NFC, Kadarius Tony is going 82nd overall. So, you know, this is why I brought it up earlier because he has really risen, but he's having a pretty inconsistent camp and he's already hurt and he's just always hurt. But the talent is huge and totally get taken. If you get him at 120, it's a no brainer. Russell Gage or Julio Jones? Who would you rather have? Uh, Julio now. Julio. How about uh, Sky Moore? Garrett Wilson's in this range. He likes him. Um, Chris Olave. The rookies. The rookies other than Drake London. And I'll throw Traylon Brooks should be in this group too. If Drake London... uh, Just rank your rookies. Rank your rookies. London, Burks, Moore, Olave, Wilson. London, man, I'm, I'm not trying to figure out how far Burks is going to fall, but I don't think he's going to fall that far. So London, Wilson, Burks, Moore, Tolbert. And um, Tyler Boyd. Let's see, some other veterans. Tar- Tyler Boyd, Jarvis Landry, Michael Gallup, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Devontae Parker, Miko Hardman, Did I, Jacoby Myers. Any names that jump out at you? I constantly find myself drafting Gallup and Jamison Williams at the end of our drafts, 
if you know you have an IR slot, do that. How about Kenny Galladay? Boyd, too. Boyd, Boyd is, I mean, you, you hear me say this a lot about Josh Palmer and KJ Osborne. That's Boyd on steroids. Yeah, and I haven't even said their so names. Boyd is that on steroids. So you like Josh Palmer and KJ Osborne. Um, Kenny Galladay, DJ Chark, Rondale Moore, Jamison Williams, Jahan Dotson. We didn't mention him. DJ Chark could be the guy to pair with DeAndre Hopkins. He's had a good camp, and if there's no Jamison Williams. Well, any expectations for Rondo Moore? Is he worth taking a flyer on? Absolutely. Flyer, I yeah. I mean, you know, the, the report that came out this week about him playing the Christian Kirk role, uh, you know, Kingsbury told me in the spring he wants to use him in a Debo Samuel role. They're going to put the ball in his hands however they possibly can. It's just a matter of will he do more with it this year than he did last year because last year was terrible. Dave mentioned Isaiah McKenzie as a sleeper. I think he said Nico, Nico Collins. One of you said it, yep. Um, Randall Cobb could uh, get a bunch of KJ Hamler. green zone targets. He was used there a lot, actually. Romeo Dobbs. KJ Hamler said, what about Romeo Dobbs? Uh, yeah, for sure. I've got him ahead of, uh, ahead of Christian Watson now. Same. What a shame, Christian Watson. Get on the field, Christian Watson. Um, all right. I think I'm pretty satisfied. We have plenty more time to talk about more wide receivers. Thank you very much for watching and listening, everybody. And we will talk to you. Uh, we will talk to you on Saturday. We have the mailbag that I'm recording in 37 minutes. I'm going to try anyway with Dan Schneier. Talk to you later on Fantasy Football Today. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.